1: Welcome back to this episode of the Home Studio Hangout Podcast. Today, me and Josh are here with our good friend, your good friend, my favorite TikTok meme consultant, Mr. Nick Dewar.
2: <laughs> What's <that>, up? Uh,
1: <laughs> how's it going? Good, man. I wake up every day hoping to get a message from you sharing an, an, some new dumb TikTok.
2: Oh, no. I wake no. up every day. To You're like, welcome. Yeah. I'm
1: glad Make I can be uh,
2: uh, helpful in that way.
1: Yeah, uh, Josh wanted me to start this episode out by talk, talking about your mad caffeine addiction.
2: It's bad. It's gotten better, but it's bad. Here, Look, look how close it is. I got a whole case of year about that close to me. Holy crap, bro. It's my second cup of coffee for the day. I'll probably get another one on my on my way to my next meeting. So we were we were talking about we
1: were talking about uh caffeine stuff and how we're like trying to cut back. Josh is like, you need to ask Nick about his caffeine addiction because it's crazy.
0: Bro, I remember yeah. whenever you were telling me about how you were so desperate you were reusing espresso like uh grounds. Like you just like want to empty it out. You're like, no, I can get another shot out of that. I mean, I do, I do do that sometimes. Yeah. Like I'll, cause I'm like,
2: okay. When I make, when I make coffee now, my coffee pot broke. So I'll make a cup of just espresso, like four and a half shots of espresso and just drink it like coffee. And then for my second cup, I'll just reuse those same grounds and make the same thing. It doesn't taste as good and it's definitely not as strong, but whatever. It's not a real cup of coffee, but Balling on a budget. I can trick my body into thinking that it is. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, have you ever seen that? Uh... Was... Go ahead. No, I was going to say what's crazy is I still have cut back on caffeine. I uh, I don't have as much as I used to, but uh, it's still a problem. I, I need to cut back even more. I was going to, this time between the end of the last tour and this, like the beginning of the next one, I was going to cut all caffeine out and just completely like purge my whole system of it but Ain't that no didn't way. happen because i have too much other stuff i i want to do and
1: yeah yeah caffeine like caffeine s- withdrawal is hard oh dude yeah it oh well, i mean it hurts like physically mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um i was gonna say have you seen that episode of uh the cave with kenny beats with thundercat homie drinks no. so they're probably there for maybe like an hour homie drinks like seven yerbas nice and he's literally like freaking out on his bass, like, and just like going, yeah. ham. like, I can't even mm-hmm. imagine I would actually pass out from a heart attack.
2: Oh, dude, it was bad. I, so when I was on the Rooney tour, like five years ago or whenever that was, I, uh, we got an endorsement from Yerba and I had never had it before that. And I was like, whatever, it's free. It's here. We, I mean, we literally had, they drop off half, like half a pallet for us like halfway through or like the at the beginning of the tour and then refilled us again about, about halfway through. Um, but yeah, I was just, I drank one of them and I was like, this is nice. I'm just going to keep going. And I started drinking them like water and it, it got really bad. And that's where my addiction started was because it was free and it was just there. <laughs> tour herbs, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, dude, it was great and terrible at the same time. Jeez. But, but what was good about it is it got me off a of Red Bull. Because I was really bad with Red Bull at the time, so it's it's at least a little bit better than that. I was about to say, I feel like it's a little bit
1: better just because it's more natural, maybe. But yeah, Yeah. I I don't know if it's really that much better. But
0: so what? One hundred fifty grams or milligrams or whatever of caffeine.
2: So it's not like it's
0: what I did with Red Bull is so the bigger cans have a less concentrated amount of caffeine in them. So before I would do two twelve ounces, like just in the morning and like then i switched to just like 116 ounce and now I'm to the point where like i could just have like a 12 ounce red bull and i'm fine um yeah but like i don't dude, do i'm at the point now o'clock. where like i used to i used to like chug a, like a large yeah right <laughs> i i used to chug like a large cold brew every morning and now i'm to the point where like if i drink a large cold brew i'm like freaking out like my heart's pounding i'm all jittery i'm all anxious yeah and so like that's been pretty cool like i don't even i can i can literally
2: i can drink like a like a whole cold brew on an empty stomach when i first wake up and i'm like all right here we go (laughs) give me that But other than that i don't get yeah yeah anybody got any more that (laughs) um that that cold cold brew? brew yeah but uh other than that i don't uh Like caffeine doesn't have that effect on me anymore. Unless it's like completely empty stomach after twelve hours or whatever. Well, Nick,
1: you had a busy twenty twenty one, my man. Um I I sure did. I hope people that listen to the podcast followed you and noticed how uh absolutely wild your 2021 one <laughs> you went from nothing to literally everything in a matter of like a week
2: yeah yeah that's true honestly i uh about halfway through last year well halfway through 2021 which was last year whatever yeah. i uh I, I literally went from no work to about 125 percent of what i was doing the year before to two, two, two like years, 2019 two years.
1: yeah the year before yeah the like it, it
2: yeah it, it was seriously wild and like there was no like there was no ramp up there was no like let's get ready for this there was no like small show into the big show it was zero to hey by the way here's a show for eighteen thousand people let's go yeah and uh Golly. and that's how it started and then it didn't slow down until i flew home for christmas that's crazy yeah um, it was uh it was a little wild for sure so let's start let's start
1: with like the beginning of the middle of the year so you were like i know i remember because we talked a little bit like at the beginning of last year and you were kind of in that like i'm not sure what i'm gonna do i don't know what work's gonna look like like i'm getting a couple things here i think you had done a couple corporate gigs and you were like yeah like not sure still what it was gonna look like. Like, how did you go from that to girl to girlfriends?
2: Uh, yeah, it's actually kind of a it, the whole girlfriend story is actually kind of a crazy story. Um, but we'll get there. So yeah, the yeah. beginning of of twenty twenty one, I uh, it, everything was still really up in the air, and the company that I did most of my work with previously, or like pre pandemic, um, he decided to close his doors. Um, mostly because he was just, he was like, I think he turned 67 or something at the end like in 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in 2020. He's
1: and he was like, you know retire. what?
2: Yeah. I mean, he'd been talking about retiring for a minute and he was trying to fight really hard to get through the pandemic. And he was just like, you know what? I'm tired. I don't want to do this anymore. And as much as it sucked because he had great gear and we had great shows and like mm-hmm. a great group of people and all that kind of stuff, it was just like, I get it. Like I understand that you're tired and you're ready to go. And like, this is just, you don't want to deal with any of this anymore. And so he sold the company and cashed out and, and, and I don't, I do not blame him whatsoever. For sure. Um, but he, he got a couple, uh, he took all of his basically, so he sold all his gear, but kept his client list and um, took all of the big shows that we used to do. And he's still organizing them we're just sub renting the gear from other companies and so one of the other companies that we sub rented gear from um i did a show for him in 2021 and the company that we got the gear from was like oh you actually know what you're doing you actually are a cool person and so they started bringing me on for more shows and uh just doing all kinds of um You know, all kinds of extra stuff and uh giving me shop work and rebuilding all their speakers and consoles and stuff like that. And then um Which that's kind of
1: crazy because like uh, that's more than that's a huge blessing. That's more than a lot of people got coming out of 2020. A a lot of people were just like get like a pot like people had companies shut doors and they were like, Guess I'm SOL.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was something that was always surprising. For me, just, like, from an outsider perspective, like, you know, the pandemic is kind of whenever we started just, like, FaceTiming, like, you know, a few times a week. And we would just, like, sit there and talk and do whatever for, like, hours, you know? Mm. And so, like, every time I called you, like, it felt like 90% of the time you were like, oh, hey, I'm at the shop working. And I was like, what? <laughs>
2: like, yeah. I
0: thought that was impossible right now, you know?
2: Yeah, well, yeah, well, basically, because for that, for that company, basically what happened was... um At the end of the year, like the end of every year, they take like the last month or so and they um, fix all the broken gear. They fix all the broken cables like they go through and they inventory everything and all of that. And when 2020 happened, they basically shut their doors and nobody came in or out except the CEO of the company. And so when everything started ramping back up, they were like, oh, we didn't do that because we were all everything was shut down. So now we have all of this back, you know, backlog of stuff that we have to take care of. Mm -hmm. and so um they they brought a couple of us in to like try to catch up on that and whatever um and then yeah we just ran straight into shows um and because so many other companies closed their doors and stuff Mm -hmm. during 2020 we just had more shows and because all of these bands and artists and companies had taken so much time off they were like well we have to come back we have to do something we need to do it and so not only were there less companies, but there were more shows, and in a smaller amount of time. Brother, we're
1: like triple so, the amount of shows that would have normally happened yeah. in the first half of a year.
2: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, literally, there were days, and, and like this isn't even an exaggeration. There were literally days where I had four show offers per day, and I like clearly I can't take them all, but four show offers per day. And that happened all the time. There there were just so many shows and there were so few people. So many people in LA uh, that work in the music industry were like, yeah, I'm done. And they left LA or they got other jobs that paid better or, you know, whatever. And so there was, you know, it was a perfect storm of cool and garbage all at the same time. Yeah, that's
1: wild. Okay, so so anyway. Yeah, back to the story.
2: <laughs> yeah, so here, so here's the, so the back. Yeah, so um, in about September or something, I got a call from uh, a company that was like, "Hey, we need. Uh, we're doing this country festival in Palm Springs, and we need somebody to uh to to do front of house for one of the stages. Can you come down?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." So I drove down to Palm Springs, did this country festival, at uh, so it was like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or something like that. And then it was done Sunday night at like three in the morning. So in between sets on Sunday night at about nine thirty at night, I got a call from my friend who at the time was on uh, doing front of house for Paris. And he's like, Hey man, uh, what's the rest of your year look like? And I was like, well, it's a little bit books, but for the right thing, it can be completely open. What do you got? So he's like, Hey, so my friend is looking for a front of house guy. Um, for this tour it starts pretty soon and it here's the dates like here's the band check it out and i was like okay sure whatever so i pulled him up and i was like oh this is kind of fun um you know the the music's cool they're they're a real you know they're real artists like they're a real band whatever and so i he gave me mike the guitar player for the band's number to talk with him through some stuff and i was like mm-hmm. okay so talked with him mike was like cool you sound like a dope dude like you know what you're doing and like you're a cool hang i'm gonna pass you to the management for the band. And I was like, okay. So then I called Brad, who's the manager, and uh we talked for like 30 minutes. And he's like, Hey, so we're actually rehearsing tomorrow in uh in North Hollywood. Do you think you could show up? And I was like, Yeah, sure, I guess.
1: Um, so with a three in I, the morning call time, like in time yes. for your previous thing, yeah.
2: Right, right. So basically, I um so that all happened between nine thirty and like 10 o'clock, 1015. Sunday night so then I went back did the other show um we got done loading out at about three I went to sleep until like five or six that morning woke up drove back to LA uh dropped my stuff off in my house took a shower drove to the rehearsal studio pulled up there and oh so this was the other thing he was like yeah just come in and like hang out introduce yourselves you know just stop by for like 10 minutes and I was like okay I, I I know how this goes yeah so I pulled up and luckily I brought my computer and like all my stuff to, you know, to look professional or whatever, because I had a feeling it would turn into more than just like introduce yourself to the guys.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So I, I walked in and he's like, yeah, so this is our whole setup and stuff. Like, uh, you know, why don't you sit down at the console and see, see how you feel? And I was like, yeah, okay. And then he's like, yeah, you want to stay and like mix a song or whatever. And I was like, yeah, sure. Which is exactly all of this is how I expected all yeah. this to go. So That's we, how it always goes. we got like, Right. So about 45 minutes into me, from the time I showed up to about 45 minutes later, he's like, so welcome to the team. Well, of course, if you want it, I guess. And I was like, uh, sure. And so um, that was Monday. We rehearsed Monday, Tuesday, had a day off Wednesday to get our affairs in order. And our first day of tour was Thursday. Good Lord. And, for, uh, that, for that downfall tour? It, that, we weren't on that whole tour. But oh, okay. yeah, for that, for the beginning of that, for the beginning of the Mod Sun tour.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Okay, yeah, the Mod yeah. Sun tour. Got it.
2: Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was literally just like Sunday afternoon, I had no plans for the rest of the year. And then Sunday night or Monday morning, I had the rest <laughs> of my year covered and then potentially the rest of my you know audio career for as long as i wanted <laughs> yeah. covered you know Jeez. <laughs> and um yeah so uh it was kind of it was super crazy because like i i didn't know like i knew who the who the guys were like on paper i knew travis from like his Warp tour days and stuff mm-hmm. like that but i had never listened to his music i didn't know what any of it sounded like i like i didn't really know any of them and it's always so hit or miss whenever you uh you know get into a situation like that because you're like well i don't know these dudes they could be the greatest people on the planet or they could be the biggest douchebags i've ever met and i'm just gonna go lock myself in a vehicle with them for the next month and find out for sure but um what was his warp tour band but yeah uh, t mills
1: oh really yeah what was what was he i didn't know i didn't know he did warp tour stuff yeah he's t mills oh like yeah gotcha okay that makes sense i didn't connect that those dots like
2: at all Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's cool yeah so he did all that stuff and then nick uh nick's played in a bunch of bands too i don't even know all of them but he played for goldfinger and he played for half the animal and he played for a bunch of people and then mike plays guitar and uh he also he's played for a ton of people too but most recently his big claim to fame is he plays for panic at the disco and um really that's super sick yeah yeah and uh yeah it was uh it was a crazy whirlwind of a few days that's for sure i definitely did not sleep uh very much that first week um because our first show was in our first show on thursday was in la and then we uh i went home With all the gear that we were taking uh, and my own personal stuff, took a shower, drove straight to the airport and flew to our first show uh, after that, which is where we picked up the bus and then continued the rest of the tour, too.
1: So, yeah, I wanted to talk to you about what tour prep looked like for this. And that's even more of a relevant thing, because this is a very specific case. And honestly, this is probably more regular than you think it is like mm-hmm. get picked up last minute like this especially for like l- l- I would I would call them like a upper mid-sized band right but like yeah. they're not a staple band yet that has a guy they're you know just kind of getting started yeah. and they're on their upward trajectory so they're building their team still
2: um so yeah what yeah, it's of- a- like well so um they actually did have a guy that uh Travis had worked with for years and then first day of rehearsals he just didn't show up like at all no call no show nothing that's not cool and then they did the first yeah they had a friend come in and like help them get set up for the first day of rehearsals but the first two days of rehearsals they struggled because they didn't have a person and they were all freaked out because like they had four days of rehearsals I think and then left the tour and they didn't have somebody yeah Yeah. And so, uh, it was a, it was definitely a bit stressful, but so tour prep for them from my point of view, uh, was a little bit different because when I came into rehearsals, like I said, they'd already had two days, you know, in there and they, they pretty much already had their ears dialed in. And it was basically just me dialing in the front of house and like getting to know the songs and like getting to know the people and how they, how they run the show and like all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, lucky for me, they, when I, when I walked in there, they pretty much have, like 98 percent of everything that we need for a show like we basically just need drive lines to tie into a pa and a single mic stand and i think at the time that might have been it i think that was the only thing that we were borrowing from venues was a single mic stand and then as the tour went on and then to the next tour we kept adding things and changing things and things broke and whatever but like Mm -hmm. We pretty much were entirely self-contained with stuff that they already owned. So that made things uh, a lot easier too, because you could come in and everything was the same every day. All the mics were the same, all the consoles and everything were the same. So you knew what you were getting into every day. So like, that was, that was super nice. Um, As far as all the other tour prep stuff, like I wasn't, I wasn't involved with any of that, like any of the. The merch, uh, the merch stuff, any of the advancing, any of that kind of stuff. Because literally, I was so late, you know, into it that I was just like, "Here we go!"
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, gear wise, Um, what did you end up running with?
2: So, uh, gear wise, so there's the three members: Nick plays drums, Travis does vocals and plays guitar, and Mike does vocals and plays guitar. And uh, Travis only plays guitar in a handful of songs. Um, And then, so we have, you know, all of the things for those, Um, all of real drums, all the guitars are Kempers, so it's all direct, which makes stage volume really quiet. Mm -hmm. And then we have tracks, which to be honest, the tracks aren't even much. We have um, some music tracks that are like some acoustic guitar and some keys and some synths and some extra like 808s and things like that. Um, We have a couple of background vocals for like accents, but there's nothing there's nothing real. Travis can actually sing very well. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we have bass. And then there's clicking and all that stuff that come through because they're all on ears too. Mm-hmm. And then um, they have separate monitor control for all of their ears. And then I was running a, an X32 at front of house um, for everything. They're running so, and a I, I, by
1: the- X32 rack for the stage for like monitor control like stuff
2: pretty pretty much yeah yeah and then um yeah and then i had an x32 compact out front and by the end of the tour or by the end of the second tour i was pretty much max i was maxed out on everything because i ended up adding some extra stuff and you know just things for ease and to make mm. it things sound a little bit better and we added audience mics and we added uh talk back mics and yeah
1: that's i feel like audience like mics that, is that. something that you don't think about until you're like playing a lot and you're like ah, i wish i could hear without having to do this yeah. all the time
2: <laughs> yeah yeah and it, it makes it hard when you don't have a full-time monitor engineer because mm-hmm. like audience mics in the middle of a song can also be terrible mm-hmm. it just depends on the artist and the venue and excuse me sometimes the crowd and stuff like that too because i mean you will get smaller venues and people will go up to the audience mics and be screaming into them like this yeah. And you're just like, "Hey, that's not helpful." That's not for that. <laughs> it's not, yeah. Um but yeah, I mean, it it definitely helped and it, it they just have a little touch of that kind of stuff in there, but yeah, it was uh I mean, it was a it was a little bit of a learning experience for everybody to try to get back onto the, you know, back into things again and, um, and I
1: feel like the whole world was getting back
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that side of things. I mean, we can get into that too. I mean, touring during you know still during COVID times was was wild and was very different and was really hard in a lot of ways a lot of ways
1: yeah no i'd, um, I'd love to hear it because i feel like i had a couple people like um like oh photographer from fit for a king like he was they were mm-hmm. they came through and he was like yeah can't hang out with anybody sorry wish i could Uh, we went to Mm -hmm. a tour we went to a festival and like the ghost since I was playing and like, I was working with a different band and Chris was like, I can come hang out with you guys outside, but I can't like, we can't go hang out in the rooms or anything like that. Like it's really, really locked in.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So for us, um, the first tour basically, uh, so it was, uh, three band members, and three crew members, and we tested every single show day. Um, we were only allowed now, with the exception of a couple people, me and the merch guy. Um, but pretty much everybody else was allowed in the green room, the bus, or on stage when there were people in the venue, and that was it. Like when the when the before the venue doors opened, you know, we were allowed anywhere. But mm-hmm. other than that, like we were only allowed in those couple places, um, just because. As soon as you get in rooms full of people, you don't know what's going to happen. And mm-hmm. at this point, somebody getting COVID shuts a whole thing down, like a whole pour down. And like that's Yo, all of our paychecks. And that's I didn't even all think about that,
0: that. Like, out of all the people on that tour, you and the merch guy were the most likely to get COVID. And neither oh, yeah. of you did, which is pretty cool. Or at least I know, you know that what? you didn't, but I, I'm not sure. If yes.
2: Yeah, so we were extremely lucky. Um now granted we also it was another thing we also masks were enforced very strictly on our crew and for the most part all of the other bands were very very strict about it as well um and yeah i mean me and the merch guy were masked up at least single mask sometimes double mask depending on where we were and what the venues uh you know uh policies were uh, some of the venues um most of the venues masks were uh necessary, like you needed to wear a mask to get into there uh and stay in there. Um a lot of them had uh vaccination uh, policies as well where you had to show proof of vaccination or a negative test within 48 or hours or 72 hours or whatever. So like we did everything that we possibly could to try to prevent, you know, us shutting a tour down. And um yeah we uh we did really well with the exception of one show. Um we we never had to stop a tour we never had to stop a uh anything um because of covid stuff so that is super super lucky sadly the one show we did have to shut down was uh us and jaden and mgk at red rocks so that's kind of a huge bummer
1: mm-hmm.
2: but uh you know other than that we didn't have any you know any covid shutdowns any sickness shutdowns or whatever um And just to dispel any rumors that may be floating around, if anybody is listening about that, um, we did have to cancel a day on the Grayscale tour, which is that tour at the end of the year. Um, But that was because one of the Grayscale dudes got food poisoning. It actually was food poisoning. It wasn't COVID that we (laughs) pretended was food poisoning. It was not good. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, we were super, super, super lucky in that. But also at the same time we worked really hard to make sure that we were all being safe and taking the necessary precautions and all of that stuff. Like it's 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 both. But
1: I do yeah. feel like I do feel like the touring world is going to be super different going forward with like different like sickness mandates and things like that. Like they're going to be super hyper aware of like getting sick with the flu, getting sick with like stomach viruses, things like that, even outside of COVID oh, yeah. stuff, I feel like it's going to just look very different now.
2: Yeah. At least for a couple years. I mean, mm. I think once, I think once this kind of dies back down or, you know, whatever that looks like, I, I do think it'll go back to some semblance of normal, but uh, for now it's definitely going to look very, very different uh, in that way for sure. Um, mm. And I mean, you know, same thing. Like we were all we were all on like tons of vitamins and immunity shots and like all of that kind of stuff. I mean, we were doing our absolute best in every way to, you know, to uh to keep from from getting sick at all. Yeah. Um, so you, but did, yeah, it, it's definitely going to look different for sure. For sure. So you did
1: two two tours. You did the the Mod Sun tour and the yeah. it was there the other one was their headliner that with the with grayscale right or was it grayscale so headliner?
2: yeah so the so the, the first tour was mod sun's headliner and we were direct support and uh then we had a bunch of one-offs in between and then we went uh to on the grayscale tour and that was grayscale's headliner and we were direct support again mm-hmm. um and then we had a couple one-offs uh, after that as well okay um, some of yeah, some of those one-offs were the ones with MGK, uh, Machine Gun Kelly, um, <laughs> and then we did a, a big festival in Florida, and we did a couple other, you know, different things like that. But um, yeah, those were the two. Those yeah. were the
1: two tours. Those were the two main ones, with like sprinkles yeah. of other stuff in between. Um, exactly. So, what was I, I saw? And you talked to me about this a little bit. Um, you you did some you were talking about doing some mixing like in your hotel room of the songs or something like that like what was that for like and is that just for mix practice or is that for like new song stuff or is that just for like what exactly or mix practice yeah so there's
2: yeah so uh there's a there's pictures on my instagram and other places of me with the entire mixing console in my hotel room watching Futurama, and uh basically what i did is i brought the console up so most of the shows if i had time i would set up my computer and i would multi-track out of my computer out of the console into my computer and record every show multi-tracked out um a lot of them i also recorded a two-track directly off the console as well which is basically sums what's coming out of the main pa straight into a left right and then mm-hmm. records directly to a flash drive um but what I'm talking about is literally like real multi-tracking, like kicks on one track, snares on the next track, hats on the next track, you know, like yeah, your audio people, you, you know what I'm talking about. Multi-tracking. Yeah. And then I, so what I did is a piece of the way through that tour. I was like, you know what? I have a day and a half in this hotel room by myself. The mix is fine, but I feel like it could be better. And so I brought the whole console upstairs and plugged my computer in. And basically what you do is you set it up so that it's flipped. So instead of what's coming into the console recording out to your computer, it flips it so that what's from your computer is then coming in through your console. And it comes in, it's called virtual sound check for live sound people. And basically it takes your kick track and it puts it directly. I mean, you have to route it this way, but it takes your kick track from your computer and routes it directly to the kick channel on the console. And then everything else just falls in line. And so all you can do is you can plug in real studio monitors or what I did is I just used my in-ears and, um, listened back and you can mix all of that on the console in real time. So, because the multi tracks to the computer is just gain staging. So, or it's just the, yeah, the, the gain, it -hmm. doesn't pull anything else. It doesn't pull EQs. It doesn't pull compression. It doesn't do anything else. So it's just a gain hitting that. So, um, the head amp game, whatever. Um, so yeah, so then when it comes back, it's just like they're playing right in front of you, uh, except they're not. And so you can mix in real time. And so I basically just rebuilt n- like 70% of the file in my hotel room uh, to make it just because I think it, it could have been better. And then after we came back, it was. So whatever. But I was going to say, uh, do you yeah, feel it like was, it was, cool was and a it's, big that's,
1: jump? Do you feel like there was a big jump like between I, that, that before and after that?
2: I mean, I'm not going to say a big jump, but it was like because I don't want it to sound like what it sounded like. I don't want it to come off as if it sounded bad before, but um, there was definitely a, a significant improvement. Yeah. I mean, and just because it's like you got, you know, when you have 30 minutes to set up everything, sound check and leave. In a venue, you don't have time to sit there and fine-tune like every little weird snare drum frequency and every weird little tom hit and stuff like that. And so when I when you sit back that way, you can dive more into that kind of stuff. And you can set up um I set up a lot more hotkeys and like things like that to help. Hotkeys is the wrong word, but it you guys know what I mean by that. Uh, <laughs> yeah to a little, like help a little with, quick, um, the little
1: quick push buttons on the right side of the m32 yeah or the x yeah
2: yeah 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 mm-hmm. um oh. but so basically like when i push this one button it takes me directly here or that push this button it automatically starts recording or you know whatever just things to help me save time too, and and get faster mm-hmm. with everything and yeah. um it definitely it definitely helped it definitely was a significant improvement and honestly had i um had i had the time tour i would have sat down with those multi-tracks and done the done the same thing you know before we left but i I just didn't have the time like yeah no none of us did Mm -hmm. you know because of how it how it all kind of came together Um, but i mean yeah technology is a great tool when
0: you you know actually use it so like as far as like reproducing all that like it's super super simple with like the guitars and stuff right because you're running kempers um but like for the drums are you running like clips on each sh- shell so you have like everything nearly identical
2: like mic what, do clips? You, what do you mean oh yeah yeah yeah. so um yes so everything all of our stuff is exactly the same like all of our mics are exactly the same mic placement for the most part is exactly the same
0: whenever you whenever you're doing cymbals right like what are you using to mic those i I was always curious because like in the studio you know we're always running you know a lot of times we even use large diaphragm mics you know so what are you Mm -hmm. doing to capture those live and to make sure there isn't like a ton of other gross things coming into it
2: yeah so i actually do something a little bit different um than some people, but I like the way that it sounds. So who's gonna tell me that it's wrong? But <laughs> I have um two uh overheads that are basically uh like pencil condensers, and then I have a ride uh mic that's a pencil condenser okay. as far as symbols go. And so what I do is I um to get nerdy for a second, is I actually under or I mic them from underneath the symbols.
1: yeah, and, yeah. And all the
2: symbols so um so then what you have to do so then what what comes into play is like all of the phase and polarity stuff um which gets super kind of weird but actually okay so what i do is kick out snare bottom and the three symbols are in phase and you flip the phase of everything else which is Mm. different from the way most people do interesting drums because if you think about it from like a, a an actual physical perspective, if you look at the waveform, like on a kick drum, it's pushing the diaphragm out, right? So um, if you leave that the same way, uh, hold on, I'm going to try to explain this so that it kind of makes sense. Um, yeah, so it's actually, it's pushing air out <clears throat> to hit the diaphragm the same with the snare bottom it's pushing mm-hmm. the air into the snare bottom but it's not actually pushing the same way to the snare top so if you flip the phase then it's then it's pushing it all in the same direction same with the underheads because it's it's, it's pushing like down I don't know I'm doing a very
0: bad job of explaining no, all of this I, I see but... what
1: you're saying it's all about that directional air movement and you're just matching the directional yeah. air movement Exactly. So basically switching.
0: between filtering and then phase cancellation you're able to get a pretty solid separation between the two. Exactly. Yeah, okay. and
2: it's it's just different because most people will keep like for snare especially most people will put the top snare in phase and flip the phase of the bottom one uh to get you know to get them to match which works. Um but with the way that everything else is is working together as a single instrument because Yes, drums are separate shells and separate symbols and stuff, but also it's in the same way it's one instrument, so you yeah. have to get all of those to work together, not just individual shells and individual symbols,
0: yeah, that's actually like really, really interesting. I'm wondering how something like an earthwork set would work um for live music because they're so good at being directional um and then with you guys having no live monitors or amps on stage, like I feel like that would be pretty interesting to see how something like that would work out. And that's, that's something else I was
1: thinking of also is because you do flip everything, basically the reverse of what people normally do. I would think it actually would cancel out more of the stage noise that way too.
2: Potentially. Uh, uh, Sometimes, but not, not really. Cause to be honest, the the only stage noise is drums and vocals and you're not going to get vocals over top of drums yeah that's like you're not going to get vocals and drum mics uh you're going to get drum mics and vocal or drums and vocal mics yeah but you're not going to get the opposite and so um yeah i mean there's definitely there's definitely a science to to all of this stuff i mean it's it's the same with everything else it's also like how i you know how you position everything you know makes a difference in the grand scheme too so Mm -hmm. like my hi-hat if if the snare drum's here and the hi-hat, bottom of the hi-hat cymbals sit like this, my my uh, hi-hat mic actually sits like this. So the snare drum's over here, and it actually cancels out a lot of the snare drum bleed that you usually get in a hi-hat. I mean, you're not going to get all of it, because the snare drum is the loudest thing on the stage. Yeah. But yeah. it cancels out more than you would if you were placing the mic, like people normally do, over top. Facing the snare drum, you know, yeah, and so it's all about the, the little strategic moves. Uh, in that way, it's the same with how I how I do my floor tom. My floor tom, the cancellation piece of the back of that mic actually sits directly where the china is, because again, chinas are freaking loud symbols. Yeah, and so it's not going to cancel out everything, but it cancels out a lot, so that you don't have to fight as much with that when you're, um, you know, when you're trying to get it to mesh all as one, all as one instrument.
1: That's cr- that. That's really cool.
2: <laughs> that's like, it's, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, it, it's weird, and it's. Um, it, I mean, it's fun to like when you have the time to actually sit down and like practice the difference of this, and like when you have when we have longer sound checks and stuff. I've actually sat down and changed the phase to the way everybody else normally does it, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't sound as good. Like, it doesn't. It doesn't sound like it's pushing at you because it, like it right. doesn't. You don't feel the drums the same.
0: Well, also, with that much movement and stuff like that, I wonder, like, how in phase, like, these things actually are when you're in a super loud environment and then you're also dealing with, like, imperfect sound stages and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Like, I feel like you deal with a lot of phase issues live. So, like, things like that really don't, you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've met so
2: many live engineers who will actually um, measure out, like, the, the distance from the overheads to the snare drum to make sure they're all in phase. Mm -hmm. Which, like, in a studio, makes sense, but like live, it's not. It's not the same. It's not the same at at all. Like, it's not. Yes, there's there's pieces of it that that. (laughs) Keep going. Um. Yes, there's pieces of it that like transfer over and whatever, but it's not. It's not at all the same. Um. Because again, you're not getting. You know, you're not getting the um the isolation. On a on a real stage that you're going to get in a studio, yeah.
1: even with like floor, even without having floor monitors and things like that, exactly I mean, it's natural mm-hmm. just room ambience and stuff.
2: So yeah. I'm actually and uh, the capsule that I use for Travis is a really good one. And so on the smaller stages and stuff, it picks up more of the symbols than the overheads do. Like most of the time, um, I don't even have much of the overheads in the PA because the room is smaller and it's just reverberating everywhere and it's all coming through Travis's mic. And he's super, I, I, there's so much compression happening on his vocal that like everything just pops through too. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's also things that you have to fight with that you don't have to deal with in a studio.
0: I'm actually texting Lee right now because I felt like I hired somebody. I know it wasn't you who told me about making symbols underneath, um, so I was texting him to see if he was talking about that. He said, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like for some of the live stuff that he's had to do, he'll also awesome, like the symbols underneath. Um, yeah. and I mentioned about how you flip the phase, and he was like, Yeah, no, that's that's a great way to do it. Live. It so makes I a lot he of He does sense. the same thing. Lee's like such a drum wizard, like I always like to ask him about yeah. these things, you know. <laughs> um, yeah.
1: you should, hey, the, also speaking of which, did you hear hit the uh, just a random thing? Did you watch that that Teddy Swims video? i think josh posted it or josh reed posted it or something like that it was uh yeah no. did you watch it um it was a video of them doing a song that they had just released live um it sounded like a studio version yeah. like how clean everything was yeah, i thought crazy. it was a studio version
2: oh yeah yeah
1: yeah. yeah. but it was on like, a, on like a soundstage
0: yeah you should watch yeah. It. i'll
1: send it to you it's crazy Lisa actually you yeah got a lizard, man
0: yeah actually, a wizard, um, yeah, honestly, you guys could probably talk forever about oh yeah live you, you two need
1: to connect because like he does a lot of live sound mixing and like as far mm-hmm. as like mixing for records and stuff, and since you do a lot of live sound like front of housework, there's a lot of that overlaps there, in yeah. a lot of I different mean also ways. like
0: uh, at kegsmith, you know he was doing the broadcast mix, yeah,, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it feels like there's something yeah. in my ear um so
1: sorry i mean i guess uh, less than normal because of covid situations was there anything on either one of those tours that happens that would like that was like either a highlight for you or something really cool or something kind of funny or crazy or anything like that
0: (laughs) any highlights
2: i know what josh wants me to say and i'll say it later um yeah i mean uh, honestly there were a ton see the the first part about all of this is like i said at the beginning like you never know what you're getting into when you work with a new a new band a new artist uh at at all like you could be walking into the worst people on the planet and um that's simply not even close to what happened uh these guys actually turned out to be some of the best people i've ever met period let alone in the music industry they're ridiculously nice there's no egos there's none of that garbage um they're all ridiculously talented it's annoying um (laughs) and even when things go wrong because like it's just it's live music things are gonna go wrong even when things go wrong it's like okay that sucks let's never do it again how do we make sure we never do it again and like Mm -hmm. that's how the that's as heated as the conversations ever get so like that's freaking dope um and actually i was texting one of them earlier today about other stuff like they're just they're just solid people and it's Mm. that's great um so we had a lot of like stupid adventures and like would go out and just get you know be dumb uh (laughs) often um but the one that josh wants me to talk about is we were in biloxi mississippi and on a day off and if you know anything about biloxi mississippi you know that there's basically nothing there uh and um so we Went to this mall and me and Travis were walking through like one of the one of the sections of the mall, and we walked past a Claire's. And he looked at me and he goes, I'll give you a hundred bucks right now to pierce your belly button. (laughs) And I said, Okay, look, dude, I need to be honest with you. Um, I'll do it, but not at Claire's. Like, that's not (laughs) that's not the move. And he's like, Are you kidding me? And I was like, Yeah, whatever. Oh, and a previous conversation. So This was on the second tour. This was on the, uh, on the Grayscale tour. On the first tour, uh, we were talking about somebody getting a girlfriend's tattoo. And uh, Nick said something like, that's crazy. I can't believe it. And I was like, whatever. I'll go out and get one right now. I don't care about my body. <laughs> and uh, he laughed and he's like, whatever. So we're in, uh, we're in Biloxi, Mississippi. And Travis is like, no, seriously, I'll give you $100 to do it right now. And I said, look, dude. You don't have to keep convincing me. I'll <laughs> do stupid stuff on my own. Just not at Claire's. <laughs> Claire's is not the move. We got standards. Or something like that. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we moved on and we, were like, we went shopping and got these weird, we, you know, those like, airbrush uh, stations in, like, rundown malls. <laughs> like, a guy will literally, like, airbrush sunsets and stuff. So Travis got, like, girlfriends, uh, like, a sunset T-shirt, with the girlfriend's logo and stuff on it and, hat, and it is weird there's also a bar inside the mall it is a very weird place
0: yo that sounds lit I let's it. go to the mall let's go. it was weird
2: yeah <laughs> uh so anyway so then uh we are in pomona california and uh we set up everything and we we were like halfway through the second this the grayscale tour um and uh we walked outside and it was me and travis and a couple other people, and one of our other, the, our other, our stage manager tech was like, um, I'm hungry, like, where's there to eat around here, and one of the girls goes, yeah, there's a tattoo shop, a bookstore, and a coffee shop, but there's not really food, and he's like, "Well, a tattoo shop, maybe we'll just go get tattoos right now, and I was like, you don't have to tell me, I'll do it, whatever, I don't care, I told you, I don't care about my body, <laughs> and uh, Travis looked at me, and he goes, no, seriously, you won't get a girlfriend's tattoo right now, and I was like, I just said that i would i will and he's like what you're gonna get a, the whole girlfriend's logo uh tramp stamp on your on yourself and i was like a tramp stamp though uh i don't know if i could do that he's like fine then get the girlfriend's logo right around your nipple and i was like oh, okay whatever i'll do it i don't care he's like no seriously i'll pay for you I- I'll-, I'll do it right now and i was like i already said i would <laughs> and then the tech was like i'll chip in 100 bucks and then uh somebody else was like, I'll trip in 100, another hundred bucks. And Travis is like, whatever, I'll match it. I'll give you a hundred bucks too. And I'll pay for everything. And I was like, yeah, it's fine. And then Travis was like, wait a minute. Do you remember Mississippi? And I went, yeah. He's like, you won't do it. You won't get them both done right now. And I was like, I will, <laughs> I will. And so Travis's friend walked to the tattoo shop and was like, hey, do you guys have time to do a tattoo and a piercing right now? And the, guy, the girl was like, uh, we don't have time for the piercing, but we can do the tattoo. Just give us, you know, a couple minutes to draw it up and whatever. And so we walked in and literally as soon as we walked in, the girl who does all the piercings went, wait a minute, you're the person who wanted to get the piercing? And I was like, yeah. She's like, we have time now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's was, hey. go. This is the content we came for. <laughs> Yeah. So so uh
2: she's like, "Let's go. You sure you want to do this?" I was like, "Yep." And so everybody around me is dying laughing. And I was like, "Whatever." So we walked to the back and I laid down on the table and uh sh- the p- piercing person was could not stop laughing. Like was <laughs> to the point where she was crying laughing so much. She's like, "You sure you want to do this?" And I was like, "I don't care." <laughs> Travis was more nervous than I was, or it seemed like he was more nervous than I was to get this done. And so, <laughs> yeah, so we walked back and, uh, she's like, you ready? I was like, yep. And they, uh, gave me the nice, I'll oh, just, it's still there. Ooh,
1: nice belly button. And, when are uh, you going to take and, it out, man?
2: Come on. And, uh, <laughs> And then uh, we walked out and everybody was laughing and the tattoo artist was like, you ready? And I was like, yep. And then they, uh, yeah. So then I got the nice little Ooh, logo right there too. Nice. And, uh, Hey, it's classic yeah, though. I know. And I can say that it's like, uh, it's in reference cause they have a song called tattoo and the, the chorus of the tattoo is, uh, I got a new tattoo cause it reminds me of you and all this stuff. And there's, um there's a part in one of the pre-courses that says, like, uh, I try my hardest to keep my promise. And so I put you right where my heart is. I got a new tattoo because it reminds me of you. And I was like, that's why I right here because it's right hey, my heart. It reminds me of you. It's uh, <laughs> so like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I love you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I just want it to be known that last night I was playing hardcore search and destroy. And for those of you who are Call of Duty fans, you you understand the concept of hardcore search and destroy's game chat. Where in between rounds there's just a lot of trash talk and screaming and shouting. And I told a guy who kept who kept heckling, you know? All right. I told him, I was like, you sound like you have a belly button piercing. <laughs> and the entire game just started screaming with laughter. So Yeah. Well, and that's only because yeah. I so, keep thinking about your belly button piercing. That's the only reason why yeah. that came to mind. So <laughs> Ultimate well, insult. okay. So to keep,
2: to keep going with this, because I, I can tell you guys are enjoying this. So, um, uh, yeah. So the, the bet was that I would have to keep it until the end of the tour. And I still have it. So I won that bet. Um, Easy as like 500 it got it. bucks you've ever made. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yes. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But uh, it definitely got infected. Well, actually, I almost lost because, um, so it got infected and I almost took it out because it got infected, but I cleaned it and kept up with it and fixed it. And then we were in Harris. So we had Harrisburg and then fly day to Tampa and Tampa was the last day on the tour. In Harrisburg, I woke up that morning and the screwball at the top of it was missing. And so it started to come out and I was like, I'm going to lose this bet on the last day. There's no way. And so um, I put a piece of gap tape over it, which was stupid, but whatever. And walked, (laughs) I walked walked to the nearest tattoo shop, which was not open. So I walked another. I ended up walking like nine miles this day to another tattoo shop to get another another one to go in. By the time and somewhere in the walking, it had fallen out. So it was just completely empty. And so I got to the second tattoo shop and bought a new belly button ring and uh got back to the bus and i had to almost re-pierce it entirely because oh. it had closed up so fast and literally travis was sitting on the side of the bus going, and i had to <laughs> leave because it was so yeah like i could feel it pop twice because it had closed on both sides oh. of the hole it Was gross so um I don't know if we want to leave this story in or oh, not. We will. I'll tell it. No, it's. I'll it, tell it. No, this next part. Oh. Okay. Uh, uh, but uh, so we went to this really nice steak dinner at, in Tampa after the whole thing was done, and this um, is the story Josh i came is nodding for so
0: hard right now. We're gonna have to cut this one out, boys. <laughs> yeah, we we Just we might. On going. We, this isn't we'll very see, we'll family see. friendly.
2: We probably should, but I'll tell you anyway because you'll enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so. We went to this really nice steak or this really, like, really high end steakhouse and we got a nice bottle of wine and we like celebrated the tour and it was great. So at the end of it, Travis goes, guys want to go to a strip club? We're going to a strip club. And a couple of the guys are like, mm, I don't know if I want to go to a strip club right In now. In Tampa? And Travis is like, Yeah. And Travis oh. is like,
0: Nope, we're going. Bro, and Tampa's you guys, out. You could get Michelin star yeah. chefs to cook you food at, at, at strip clubs. My coworkers <laughs> were telling me all about it when I lived down there. I was like, what yeah. do you people do? And they're like, oh, well, in, it's just kind of a given that when you're in your 20s, you just club. And then mm-hmm. you get serious when you're in your 30s. I was like, so that's why y'all work at car dealerships now.
2: <laughs> yeah. So so Travis is like, no, this is a bonding experience. Everyone has to go. And like, he was very serious. He's like, we're, we have to go. Everyone's going. So fine. So we go to the strip club and even at this, I'm not going to tell that part, but okay. I I will. They don't, they don't actually sell. They're not allowed to sell alcohol in the strip, this strip club, for whatever reason, Mm. they're just not allowed. And our tour manager called ahead and played the like, yeah, this is Travis Mills. He's on like this MTV show. And like, you should let us come. And they're like, we got you. So they had a private security guard for us the whole time. They gave us a private section and they brought us alcohol. But what you had to do is you had to go out front, get it out of a plastic garbage bag, pour it into a cup and walk in with it because you weren't allowed to get served in the place. The whole thing is the whole
1: thing. That sounds sketchy. So
2: it's very, sketchy. yeah, it was so, sketchy. It, you know, but they wanted to make us happy and they knew we were going to spend a lot of money. So true, <clears throat> which they did. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're sitting around there talking and I'm not the strip club type. Like it's, yeah. I'm just not, it's not that event. Like, it's not that cool for me, but, uh, so I'm standing there and I had a couple drinks and I looked at the stripper and I was like, Hey, so you, uh, how do you feel about guys with piercings? And she's like, Oh, that's so hot. And I was like, yeah, how do you feel about guys with belly button piercings? <laughs> literally every person's every person's section stops and goes what (laughs) (laughs) and uh, and so then of course everybody was like we need to see it and i was like okay so i pull my shirt up and they're like oh my god that's so hot and i was like is it it sure is it though (laughs) uh, And so I've decided that my new favorite pickup line to use on girls now is, hey, uh, how do you feel about guys with piercings?
1: (laughs) Oh, that's so good, dude. Oh, my gosh. Josh had to leave. He was dying so (laughs) hard. (laughs) Yeah. He couldn't handle it. Oh, that's so Mm -hmm. good. Hey everyone, I wanted to tell you about a great company called That Pitch. Have you ever had some leftover song ideas you just didn't know what to do with? Or maybe you needed to flex that riding muscle, but you still need to get paid? Enter That Pitch, a sync licensing company that pitches your productions directly to their exclusive list of clients. That pitch has already paid out over $120,000 to its members since October of 2020. They provide production advice, business training, and other resources to make your songs better. Go to thatpitch.com to sign up and use the code hangout for 20% off your monthly or yearly subscription. Away from tour or may might be tour, uh what's twenty twenty two looking like for you Nick?
2: Uh do, it's gonna be huge, honestly. It's it's yeah. gonna be huge. Um I'm not going to be the one to spill any beans, but, no, uh, girlfriends has a lot, has a lot planned. Um, like a lot planned we looking like and it's going to potentially
1: be, barely being home for the whole year. Kind of a lot planned.
2: Yeah. Woo. For a second. It was like, I'm gone for nine months Good. this year. Yeah. For, for a minute, it was going to be like that kind of intense.
1: Jeez. Um,
2: it looks like that's not going to happen anymore but that's okay it's still going to be crazy crazy crazy
1: three months off a month on three months on a month off three months on a month off kind of
0: potential. probably that's crazy yeah
2: yeah 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 yeah. so it's going to be it's going to be wild some of the names that we've been throwing around for these tours are incredible huge like people i never even never thought i'd get to see it's it's wild
1: it's wild like looking at back at like even just a year ago at this point, right? Thinking yeah. to yourself, thinking thinking about yourself a year ago and then going, look at the potential, like, end of 2022, like, what that's going to look like versus the beginning of 2020. Like, mm-hmm. Nick, right? That's crazy.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think about it all the time, honestly. Like, especially in, like, I, I, think, I think back to that country festival. Mm-hmm like right before I got the phone call to go work with girlfriends. And I was like, I don't know what the rest of my year, my year is going to be boring. And I like, I literally remember having that thought. Like the rest of my year is going to be terrible. I'm going to be doing shop work. It's going to be awful. I was like, I need to get back on the road again. And then at the end of that, I got the phone call that, I mean, like not to be dramatic, but I really think that that phone call changed my whole life.
1: Oh no, for serious. It did because I mean, this is, this is, this is, this is the situation that a live engineer wants right yeah you are the guy until you don't want to be the guy anymore
2: yeah until i screw up badly enough or until i don't want to do it anymore exactly and at this point like nobody plans on screwing up badly enough and they like me as a person and as an engineer so like and they're gonna they're gonna
1: be willing to (laughs) cut you breaks within reason because they're nice people
2: yeah absolutely yeah um so yeah, it's uh it's it's crazy. I mean, it it is the situation we all want to we we all want to fall into and um and not that I have any plans of of leaving them, but if I do have time off or whatever uh from from tours with them because they all have real lives and they all yeah. have other gigs. I mean, Travis has I don't know how much of this is public knowledge, but he has at least one MTV show. Um he has his Apple podcast. Nick runs like six companies or something stupid i don't know like they all have you know other lives so if if they decide to take time off i've already had offers for multiple other tours uh with well, yeah, multiple th- other artists and that's what i was gonna that's, that's,
1: that's so that's something else that i was thinking about too because um so you you met bowman uh bowman is just now getting into the live like touring scene and all that kind of stuff and something mm-hmm. that Chris Davis and also um, Bowman have both been saying is there's such a need for live guys right now. Yeah, like, and it if you were gonna get into the live touring industry, now kind of the time, the best time to do it because there's such yeah. a need. Mm-hmm. You can get on tours that you have I, no business being on just because you're available.
2: I mean that's kind of true, and granted, um, I don't like suggesting those kind of things because it can get dangerous. <laughs> like if you really actually bite off more than you can chew, for it sure. can be a very bad time. For sure, but but, uh, I mean, but at the same are, time, if you like, are capable. <clears throat> yeah, but at the same time, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, there's there's very much a need right now for for you know live sound engineers um even if you get you know in with a production company and work for a year to to, to learn and hone your skills and all that yeah. stuff well i mean that's what um, that's
1: what chris did he worked at the masquerade for a year yeah. and then he's on a tour right now yep
2: yeah and he's he's gonna kill himself on that
1: tour. oh yeah he's gonna kill himself <laughs> on the tour they've already had a- they've already <laughs> they've already had dates dropped from that so it's gonna be fun <laughs>
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's he's not. He's going to be t- completely fine on that tour. He'll be but fine. it's just, there's, yeah, there's just very few breaks and very, oh, l- very uh, long, long stretches. runs in between, <laughs> long stretches with no time off. Josh, 29 um, days
1: straight, no days off. That is
2: yeah. insane. <laughs> who booked that? Fight I that. I think now it's down. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's it's what? down now, but that's what it was at first.
2: Yeah, I think now it's down to still twenty days in a row. That's crazy. Twenty yeah, that's days a in bit, a row for a tour—that's crazy talk.
0: Yeah, a little bit, but, <laughs> little bit. <laughs> little crazy. but
2: yeah, I'm, I mean, th- th- there's a
1: need though. People are going out. There's way more shows. More. There's more bands trying to do stuff. I mean, yeah, like he got hit up for an you gig he got hit up for um monitors for under oath because they might need a guy and they like having backups mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the stuff is out there and if you're good and you can prove yourself capable like the jobs in the live industry are very much there
2: yeah right oh now. yeah absolutely yeah
1: mm-hmm. um yeah and like i said you're gonna just from doing this level of things with girlfriends you're going to get a ton of other really great opportunities alongside working with them. Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, um, I mean it's 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 having the experience and also being a cool person and mm-hmm. you can go anywhere. Yeah, you know? for sure.
1: Um and uh hopefully in 2022 you can like get some songs out and work on some of your own personal stuff and
2: Yeah. But I mean that's that's definitely that's definitely uh in the works too. I mean, I don't know when this episode is supposed to come out, but hopefully uh, by the time it does, I might actually have already released some stuff. We'll see. Hopefully. Um but yeah, I mean I have I have a lot of stuff. Um I have a lot of stuff in the works uh that you know hopefully I can uh that I can actually get out. I mean, I've been sit- for for I mean, I've had a, a new Lions record halfway written since 2017 and like I've just been sitting on it because I'm perfecting it and I'm yeah. tweaking it and I've you know get that demo itis thing <clears throat> and now I'm just like you know what screw this I just have to get it out yeah. and um I think that's uh, one of the things that I I've really like kind of because so at the end of every year um I sit down and I look at all of the goals that I had for that year and I think about what the next year is going to look like and um I think One of the common things is there's so many pieces of goals that I had that didn't take that much, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like time and effort and and money and whatever to actually do, but I actually have to sit down and just do them. And, Mm -hmm. you know, not necessarily like life-changing things, but like things that I've been wanting to do for a while, you know, Mm -hmm. even like little half day trips in California to places I haven't been yet. Like I just have to sit down and do it, you know? And, um, so I I've already had like a lot of, you know, stuff happening in my brain or I'm just like, mm-hmm. you know, I just have to sit down and do and do this stuff and just make it happen. And
1: This will, this will go out into February, by the way. Oh yeah. Okay. Into February. So yeah,
2: I mean, hope. Yeah. So my plan right now is to have at least the first, the first uh, song of the new pop project come out uh, the first week of February, or at okay, least to so- get announced the first week of February. Um, we'll we'll see how it all pans out i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of variables in yeah, all of that obviously but, but if there's regardless i want the first single to come out in february if least. there are links, i was hoping
1: if there are links they will be in the description if they exist if there's not then yeah follow nick for more <laughs> keeping up with his yeah. project
2: yeah but uh but yeah i mean I, I for your you know because you brought this up before i've already started all of the uh because there's new social media for everything. I've already started all of the new, um, all of the new TikTok things that are going to be associated with the Pop Project and like yeah. all, all that kind of stuff. So
1: started stockpiling yeah. them in the so drafts. Be... Uh
2: huh. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. even want to look at how many drafts I have on my other... account <laughs> right now. It's stupid. It's yeah. so stupid.
1: <laughs> I only have like it's three. Easily I don't post enough.
2: Oh no, it's close to like two hundred drafts right Jeez. now that I have. It's so many. Some of them just because they're bad. And I was like, I'll save it and do this later. And some of them just because they're, you know, I'm saving them to, to all put out at a specific time. But yeah,
1: no, that makes sense. Yeah. Dick, dude. Well,
2: That's hey, a little dumb.
1: Nick, thanks for coming on and hanging out with us again, man. Had a good conversation. About yeah. sure. Yeah. So I know Josh always loves seeing your beautiful face. Always. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, listeners, thanks for listening. Uh, go follow Nick uh, at Nick Doer uh on the socials i believe it's at nick doer music right
2: it's as nick doer for everything except tiktok nick uh tiktok is uh nick doer audio
1: Nick Doer audio that's what it was i was like i know one yeah. of them's different but i can't remember which one yeah, yeah. TikTok. um all of the socials and everything are also in the description if you want to follow them uh nick once again thanks for coming and hanging out
2: yeah thank you guys for having me for sure it's uh, great to be here as
1: always and we will see you guys next week. Peace.